as we were getting ready for today, I have a little collection of all the little like paperclip jewelry my daughter would make me oh. in little necklaces she would use with yarn. And I'm sitting there thinking none of this was based on, I wasn't judging it on how perfect it was or how beautiful it was. And I would celebrate that, but am I doing that in my own self? I want my kids to try and I'm just so proud of them when they try. And yet I don't always give that same permission to myself to just try. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. Okay, so imagine this. A 32-year-old Lisa tucks her babies into bed. You know, maybe rushes a little bit of bedtime routine there. Maybe, you know, the one book instead of three. And, and okay, okay, go to bed, go to bed. The last drinks of water done. Put the baby down gently, tiptoeing out of the room holding her breath, praying that the baby won't wake up so that she could tiptoe outside of the house, get into the car, maybe not turn the lights on because it'll flash in into the bedroom windows until she can back the car up and make her getaway to go to a music venue on a Monday night because, you know, no bands are playing that night in order to make up songs and musicals in front of a bunch of strangers in Elizabethan costume. That is a weird creative pursuit, <laughs> but one that has completely changed my life. I love doing improv with my friends and the lengths that I have gone to in order to be able to do it, the sheer like scheduling and again, tiptoeing that it took to get out of my house so that I can do it was not nothing. It took a lot, and the benefit of it has been so great. So that younger Lisa getting into the car a couple of hours later and driving home, laughing about the unexpected scenes and songs and things that we made just with just a light heart and full of ideas of things that, you know, it could continue to be, gave me this kind of excitement and energy that nothing else does and has deepened my friendships and my relationships and has changed the trajectory of my entire career. So I see so much value in doing improv, the most creative thing that I've ever done. And I know I'm not the only one into that. I really believe we're all creative. We just have our own ways of expressing it. And I know that when time and money and energy, especially energy, because we're all so tired, is short, saying, hey, you should try a new hobby or do something creative seems like just overwhelming and one more thing to do. So why is it worth it then to pick up a new hobby? or to be creative. I would love to know how other moms are doing it. So of course I wanna assemble a council of moms and see how it works in real life. And then I'm gonna talk to my really creative friend, Trieste, who makes everything she does seem to ooze with creativity. And then I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and try something totally new and put myself outside my comfort zone. And finally, you're gonna listen to my friend, Casey, who has very unorthodox ways of being creative and you're gonna love it. Welcome to the Council of Moms. I'm really excited. This is a chance for us to share our real lives, our real successes and failures, and <laughs> just laugh about it. Uh, and so here for our Council of Moms, we've got Gaina Lynn Condi and Lindsay Clark Hi. and Kate Sneddon-Boyden. Thanks for Hi. being here. 
first of all, like introduce yourselves a little bit about your situation with motherhood. So I'm a mom of two. I have a 24-year-old and an 18-year-old. So not yet an empty nester, but almost. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I know, boy. <laughs> well, for <laughs> sure, talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a mother of seven. My oldest is 19. My youngest is in kindergarten. I am a mom of four, uh, oldest in college, youngest in elementary school. So lots of needs and ranges of interests and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we're glad that you're here. You know, with the Council of Moms, it's great because I think we really learn from talking and having these kinds of conversations. And so today we're talking about creative outlets, which I think in regards to motherhood, I mean, we can take it a lot of different ways, but I'm just curious, first of all, like what are your creative outlets right now? I do have one right now, actually. So I grew up dancing, which was so great because I got to dance and like feel all the emotions and it was kind of like my therapy. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I learned how to express myself. And then I started having kids and I would kind of dance on the side, not much. But I've recently started again, well with Zumba, I've been doing that for a while, but I started teaching. And so I can make up the dances, like be inspired by music. And it's been really fun because I'm not like an artsy person at all. And so just to be able to make up dances and dance has been, it's been really fun. The last few years I've been able to write and publish books and I can tell that what I was previously doing to be creative has changed. And I was in some judgment about that. And I realized I was what talking- What do you mean? I was just in judgment. I'm gonna be full disclosure. I'm not great at cooking and I used to do it to keep my children alive, okay. right? Sure. And I would try to be creative in that space as a mom with younger kids. Mm-hmm. And that's really taken a back seat. And my daughter in her wisdom of 18 years old said, mom, because you've been creating in other ways. And I realized that I had found other ways to feel creative. And so I really have had to get it clear that creativity can be more expansive. It's not just in the ways maybe I had previously defined it and definitely not crafting, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I do like to set a nice table, but I don't want to make the food that goes on the table. So I'm (laughs) gonna order that in. Yeah, but my husband, who is an accountant by day, (laughs) at night, and on the weekends, he loves to cook, and it's like a juxtapose of what he's doing. And so I just think being expansive and being aware that maybe you're creating in different ways and in new ways, so what you previously did takes a back seat. Well, I'm not creative. (laughs) I'm trying to embrace the idea there's more to creativity, but I don't know if I have an outlet right now. I have a lot on my plate. Actually, the one thing I have left on my plate is cooking. Okay, which is ironic. Yeah, I mean, so I get new recipe books and I kind of tried three to four new recipes a week and I add my own thing and you never know what's going to happen with the menu and that's the one thing I left playing with in my limited time and so I do a lot of cooking on Sunday oh. and I experiment and play with like themes you know sometimes I'll have a French week you know Ooh, fancy. you know or whatever so I'll, I'll just match it to my mood and you can kind of tell my mood by what I'm cooking that week but here's the thing like I think there is creativity in expressing yourself right absolutely but I do too as I'm thinking about this like you have to be so creative just in life to solve problems mm-hmm. like there's <laughs> yeah, so no many problems every day mm-hmm. that we need to solve maybe as moms like that kind of overtakes all our energy and it's fun like I remember driving to teach dance and I would listen to Dr. Ruth and she said something which I love because I think you can be so inspired by what someone says. Like a guy was on the show and said, oh, I took my daughter. I'm trying to get closer to my daughter. So I took her to a movie and she was like, stop, 
stop right there. <laughs> That's not creative. Hmm. If you want to get closer to your daughter, like go talk to her. Go sit down and have a meal with her. Go do something she likes to do. Now that's harsh because it's fun to go to a movie uh-huh. with your kids, but it like made me think like, oh, that's not very creative. You know, like, am I just turning the TV on for the kids? And again, this isn't like mom guilt, but it's like, how about instead of just turning on the TV, I just throw all the puzzles out on the table. Mm-hmm. Like just those little like switches of, I can get creative with this. And so I started doing that and the kids like, they don't care. They'll watch TV if I turn it on. But if I throw puzzles out, they're like, mm-hmm. so I just started thinking like, what if I just throw out Play-Doh on the table next time? Or like just taking that little second to be creative. Well, I, I really like that because you're saying my creative process is like rethinking how I just sort of live my life or how I parent. And because I think mothering can sometimes be so overwhelming because there is such a hyper-focus all the time and at different stages of life and for different necessities, totally necessary, right, to have that focus. But when you think about your own creativity or your own creative outlets, do you feel like you need to justify the time, the time away, you know, from your job or from your kids and things like that? So you're always trying to have it fold in. Can you ever be creative for creative sake? Or is that hard? I mean, I think I'm saying a lot, but I think I used to be that way. I would feel a lot of guilt because it was like I would go and dance. I don't feel that way anymore at all. Why what changed? Well, I just feel like it's so important for me to keep being me and keep like feeling that I think for my kids to see, like, I love doing this. I love going and doing this. And then they see me at home turning on music, making up dances. I don't know. I, it's so good for them. Why did I ever think I needed to be with them all yeah. day long every day? So no. And I do think creating a, an environment where creativity is more expansive. Both of my kids are really gifted musically and I sound awesome in my car with Adele. Like we sound amazing together. <laughs> sure, sure. Just the two of us. We all Let's do. just be clear. <laughs> we do. Just the two of us, right? But I've been so impressed that my son's collection of guitars and he can hear every song and sit down and play it. My daughter yeah. is in theater and she's in choir and they get that from their dad, right? And so I think it's within a family, there may be different ideas of what creativity looks like, but especially as a mom, if you're not showing what Lindsay just shared, that your identity is not always just tied to what's happening in the home space. My kids are now of the age where they've said, we've watched you do scary things that you had never done before. You had never written a book, you'd never hosted a show or whatever. And it's inspired us, even though it's different, they're taking that example. And so some of the mom guilt I felt in trying to juggle the needs of my family and those outside sources, they're of the age now, they're reflecting back that it's helping them go forward and do things they had never considered doing. And it's different than what I've done or what their dad has done. But it's interesting how a family culture can either support that idea of expansion and creativity, or it can kind of limit it that this is what we do in this family. sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that kind of culture, when they either see you do it or you're encouraging them to do it, kind of just makes it part of their life that they can take for granted, which I think is great. But I am curious too, like Kate, like you are, are saying, you know, I don't have time. I mean, you are in an unusually busy season of life right now. Tell us a little bit about that and like, do you miss Having time to be creative, do you feel like pressure to, you know, take time for you to be creative? You know, or what is your attitude toward it? My attitude right now, I mean, I am in grad school right now, which is an unusual place to be for a mom who's past, you know, some of the mothering. But I feel that if we show our children that we are a work, we are a creation, and that we don't end, I think there's sometimes this 
construct that we are a finished product at 22 or 25, but instead if we are rejoicing in this whole journey of creativity and pursuit. So my children see me re-attend school and reapply and go through homework and I sit at the table with them and I'm doing homework and they watch me do all that and negotiate time. We've actually had to have meetings where we sit down and say, I have new pursuits. How are you going to help us as a family? And we've had to really negotiate new responsibilities and new accountability. And I think that pursuit of I am new, I am different, I evolve is a pursuit of change. And that is what creativity is, this pursuit of newness. And I think that gets them comfortable that it doesn't end, I am an evolving person. So they're not 100% on board because sometimes, you know, they have to do more work, but they don't complain. Because when we had a really serious meeting, they all, you know, stepped up. And I said, I can't do these jobs anymore and nor should I. What are you going to bring to the table? And it was it was a good experience. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I like that too. And I like, I'm just thinking this through differently now, like with mm-hmm. maybe more of the guilt that I have felt in pursuing more creativity in my life. Just like how kids, they map that. If they see my mom feels guilty about this and she never takes time for herself, like they map that. You don't even need to communicate it. No, and, and then, you think you can hide stuff from, like I no. remember, because I, I enjoy some of the more creative pursuits that are a little bit more typical. Like I like to paint and act mm-hmm. and you know that kind of stuff. And I remember thinking, like, you can't oil paint when you have little kids. Mm-hmm. Like, because it takes forever to dry, right? Well, yeah, well, and kids. it gets everywhere. Yeah. And so I remember thinking, okay, I'll switch to acrylics. That's yeah. how I'll get it, you know? <laughs> and and But I would still have to do it when they were younger. Now that they're older, you know, I could, it doesn't matter. I can leave out the paints and, and that kind of stuff. But I also, I, but when my kids were younger, I used to think, like, I'd tuck them into bed and then I'd go do improv with my friends, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they didn't know, or I thought, they don't know about this, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but as they're as they've gotten older, I think I don't know if it's I've gotten more bold with how I'm just like this is what I do and I just do it for the sake of doing it. I used to be really embarrassed to play the piano in front of my kids because their father was so great at it, and I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that was my dramatic was interpretation perfect. of me playing the it piano. It's very beautiful and graceful, you guys. You just have to, but I like doing it, and and. I, this is like new, like over the last couple of months, I'll say to him, I know I'm not good. That's why I'm playing. And they're yes. like, fine, we didn't yeah, say yeah. anything. Come on, mom. <laughs> like, Do you know what I was please. just going to bring They're not judging me as much as I think I they do. I was just going to bring up that. I was remembering a time where I would get out the beads to make the jewelry or we would get out the crayons to yes. do the coloring, like the actual, that stage of life. And I remembered having triggers of like my perfectionism of like, there needs to be a pattern for the beads of the jewelry that were, right? And I've realized like that space of really trying to teach my kids that perfect is not beautiful is giving permission for creativity. And so I love that you just said, I know I'm not good at this, right? That I want my kids to try and I'm just so proud of them when they try. And yet I don't, always give that same permission to myself no. to just try. And mm-hmm. so I, for some reason, as we were getting ready for today, I have a little collection of all the little like paperclip jewelry my daughter would make me oh. in little like n- necklaces she would use with yarn. And, I, and I'm and i sitting there thinking, I, none of this was based on, I wasn't judging it on how perfect it was or how beautiful it was. And I would celebrate that. But am I doing that in my own self? Am I creating 
in a place that is like, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't need it to be a certain way. I don't need to follow a certain pattern. That wasn't always natural for me because I tend to be more control and perfectionistic. And I can tell that that would squash when they were little and even now in those creative processes. And there's two ways to look at this conversation, right? Like creativity for its own sake. Like for us, the value that it has for us as individuals and then what we model for our kids about creativity. Because I will say that I have noticed that my kids now they'll sit down to practice more, whereas before they wouldn't. It's like, you know, you you don't know you're giving that sort of cue, like you said, about it's okay if it's yeah. not perfect or whatever. Well, and I think you're such a good example of that because you do, your hobbies are so, like you do improv, you know, you do acting, you do, you're an amazing artist and painter. And so for your kids also to see, mm-hmm, like you play the piano and kind of be like, very poorly. Duh, yes. duh, duh, duh. <laughs> yeah, to see like, oh, mom's not, because what if they grew up and they're not a great painter, but they enjoy it and they're like, man, I'm not as good as my mom. And like to see you just try other things that you're not maybe perfect at. And remember when you would paint and you set up that little paint station for Margaret? Oh, yeah. I mean, Lisa had this beautiful easel up with all of her painting and then mini Margaret right next to her. Painting and like little Legos. My youngest. Yeah, because I'm like, let's do this together. You were creative. And like, instead of turning the TV on for you, were like, and well, you're gonna do let's your, get clear. well, okay, sometimes maybe, but yeah. <laughs> we're not bashing TV. This is not a TV no, 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 no. show. We love, we love turning the TV on TV's for never kids. let me down. But <laughs> setting up that little paint station yeah. for Margaret, like those memories and giving her that moment, like being creative in that moment with her. Oh, it's so special. I'm thinking about this idea of I'm not good at piano or I'm not this. Yeah. The language we talk about yeah. it, we should rejoice in the process. Yeah. And I know we hear the word, the but I took a Bob Ross painting class with my daughter. Really? Like it was like That's a video. So it was at the cool. library, and we painted on canvas. Your happy trees. And it was, yes. And she was like, "My snow's not right." And I was like, "No, we're just painting happy, yeah. happy yeah. trees." And just um, we did a video, like an acoustic guitar song, to uh, you know. Bon Jovi. And, you know, it was super cool. As and, one does. Yeah, as one does. And my kids were the ukuleles and their cello. And my husband, like, he taught himself on YouTube. And I have a chord. And I could do F, F. And then I pull back, F. And I pull back because that's all I knew. But um, I really wanted to be careful how I talked about that experience mm. and not say, I sucked or I can't yep. play. It was like, that was fun. Did you see yeah. us all go along to yeah. that? So hard language is a model mm. for how we believe creativity to exist. So yeah. true. So that is an important component to creativity in ourselves and with our families. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about moms. Both of my sisters still have young kids and they go on adventures. And I wasn't with some chronic health stuff. I wasn't constantly like planning adventures that I had to really gear up for it. But my 24 year old, went, I'm gonna cry, but one year for Christmas, he painted me this picture of sunflowers. And he said, I did this because one of my favorite memories is remember that day we were driving, I know. Remember that day we were driving and you saw sunflowers on the side of the road and we just stopped mm-hmm. and we just walked through there and it's hanging in in my bathroom and every morning when I'm like, 
I don't know, because I'm in this phase where I'm really reflective on seasons that have passed, mm -hmm. that it was, it was spontaneous moments. So I guess for the moms that are listening, that are like, wait, we're not doing crafts <laughs> and we're not doing adventures and I'm not a great cook and I don't play Bon Jovi well. And, and my kids won't join a family band. Yes, and Lindsay <laughs> is dancing with her kids really beautifully, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna say shout out to the moms that are like spontaneously stopping because you're on the way to Walmart and you're doing your groceries and you see flowers like, of all the things that my son at 24 is like, my favorite memory, I just thought, wow, I remember how tired I was. I remember how sick I was. And for him to think of that, it wasn't the big vacations, it wasn't the big projects. It was that we just stopped that day and we saw flowers. And I'm grateful I did that because I'm sure in my mind, I was worried about all the stuff we needed to get done. So creativity for me is like, it may have to just be in that moment and not planned and be okay with that. I think everyone has that friend that can do anything, especially creatively. And for me, Trieste, you are that friend. You can do anything. But I think I'm really impressed when I see you with these huge projects, like pouring a concrete kitchen countertop that looks beautiful and you're experimenting with different techniques or you have this tie-dye and you're like, well, I'm going to experiment with different sort of liquid or with ice and some with powder and some with different temperatures and you create these beautiful things. Where do you get the confidence to do that? I think a lot of extreme creatives go through a lot of not having self-confidence probably in their early lives because they are the outsider or they're the person that wears funny clothes or isn't doing the same things that everybody is. And so really as an act of survival, a lot of us just have to jump full in to what makes them happy. I grew up in Provo, Utah. I felt very different than everybody else most of my childhood, but I was very lucky. I love solving problems. My brain is a little bit like Pinterest, like it combines things and brings up different ideas. And I'm just realizing the past couple of years that everybody doesn't do that. Like that's just kind of a unique thing to me. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for the gifts that I have. And, and I'm trying to figure out ways to be able to share it a little bit better. So what have been some of your favorite creative projects that you've done over the years that have been the most meaningful to you? Some of the big projects that I have loved are the ones that help my family. So redoing the kitchen was so fun. And some of the materials that I really like to work with are materials that are versatile so that I can use in one area that can translate into others. So I really, really love concrete. And I'm going to try so cool. not to nerd out about concrete, but it is this amazing material that is when you're mixing it, it's just like mixing bread or cake batter or something like that. And then a couple hours later, you have to be patient, which I'm not. But if you're patient and do all the right things, you have a permanent structure that nothing can move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's very permanent and you've created this beautiful thing. 
And so like I will take concrete and I actually hand sculpt it. And most people will use it in molds because it's heavy. It's hard to mix, but I really enjoy using it with my hands and creating something that's useful. So not a sculpture so much, but planters or fountains or pavers or something like that. In talking to a lot of people about creative outlets, I think that you are unique in the sense that a lot of people will set aside time to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm going to do this. And now I'm, and you just are. You know, it seems to me from, you know, the outside looking in that you live your life and do your creative outlets and they just bleed into each other. And it's not just like a designated time. And, and I'm so fascinated by that. I think part of it is I'm gratefully old enough to know myself pretty well, but also I'm not worried about what people think. You know, you hear little kids like, I can't draw or this, you know, this is, doesn't look like what it's supposed to because I think as humans, we're constantly worried about what people are going to think. You know, just as as kids, you don't conform to what it's, you know, quote unquote, what it's supposed to be or what it's not supposed to be. But gratefully, as an adult, you kind of just throw your hands up and say, this really makes me happy. I want to devote some time to it. And I don't care what the outcome is. It's the process. It's the process of sitting there and drawing for two hours to meditate. Or it's the process of getting dying right. So you have this amazing color for your quilt that you're going to give to your grandma. You know what I mean? And oh man, social media definitely throws a wrench into that sometimes because you see these amazing people that can put it out there and make it look amazing. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's really, really hard not to compare yourself. Again, gratefully, I'm that age where I grew up without social media. (laughs) Does creativity have a spiritual element to you? Yes. I I think when... Oh my gosh, I don't want to start crying though. When... This is a sickness. Being able to create something and that's that's what you're good at. You're not great at being a mom or you're not great at um, your poor daughter's hair. You know what I mean? You're not great at these typical things. And for me, you know, this is your spiritual gift and you can um, create something beautiful and enhance your family's life. Like that's what, that's what you get to do. Okay, so I want to try something new because I realize that it's not so easy. You know, I work full time. I have kids at home. I'm tired, (laughs) but I want to try something new. So I went to my friend Carrie Ann Rhodes' house. She is a professional designer, and she's going to teach me a new skill. There's this great... A quote by Kurt Vonnegut that's like, when you practice an art, even if you do it really poorly, it grows your soul. Oh, absolutely. And I I actually have that in, like, you know, in my office so that I'll remind it. Like, it doesn't matter if you are just practicing something. The output doesn't matter, but just like doing it. So I want to stretch my creative muscles. I really want to try something new that I've never done before that I've always been really curious about. So Carrie Ann, you're going to teach me how to Wood burning. Uh, wood, wood burning. And wood burning is fun because if you can if you can trace a picture or if you can draw a picture, 
you can do all sorts of projects like embroidery. Embroidery is just coloring with thread. Wood burning is Wait just. Wait a second. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. <laughs> I've tried embroidery. It does not feel <laughs> like coloring with thread, although very beautifully said. Uh, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's harder. I mean, there is a different skill set. Well, yes. And, and like you said, as you begin, I mean, rarely is anyone good at what they start yeah. for the mm-hmm. first time. But there are so many, you know, crafts or art skills out there that, like I said, if you can trace, you don't have to already come to this being an artist, but if you find a picture you like, you can trace it onto a wooden object, then you could wood burn it and it becomes this kind of permanent picture, like on this wooden spoon I have Okay, right here. so I'm looking at <laughs> I'm this dropping on the table. wooden spoon, and I will have to put a picture of it on the, the Lisa Show website, but it's got this cute little gnome and little mushrooms and foliage (laughs) and little bluebells and a snail. Like, the detail is amazing. It's really beautiful. This was a 95-cent project. It's a 95-cent wooden spoon. I mean, dollar store, Ikea, you know, wherever. And a friend of mine gave me a whole set for Christmas one year, and I was blown away at how beautiful it was. Like, my wooden spoons are now, like, fancy. And so this is a gift that you can kind of whip out and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and do. And it's not, it doesn't cost a lot of money. And this doesn't take a lot of time. This is something you can put down and come back to later. Well, we'll see if it doesn't take a lot of time. I swear. (laughs) I may take a little more time. Okay. So (laughs) you've got the wood burning implement. Implement? What do you call this? A a wand? Wood burner? I don't know. It's called a stencil cutter. It can be, a, a, yeah, um, a soldering iron, a wood burner, a stencil cutter, they're all the same okay. thing. And so as you go, if you want to go look for these, try searching all of those. Any craft store has this, and I think it's like anywhere between $12.99 and $25. And they come with different uh, tips that screw out and screw in so you can get really fine detail or you can get kind of broad detail. So do you do this project to relax or to, to energize yourself? Do you know what I mean? Both. So I did it to make gifts, Mm -hmm. but then I started kind of having fun with it. Like I found a wooden box. It's just this circular kind of wooden shaker style box Mm -hmm. and it wasn't expensive. And I immediately thought, oh, I can put my own stamp on this. I can, you know, I can wood burn it and make it my own, make it very personal. I may be a little bit like a toddler with crayons, and now I'm like, what else can I wood You're going to be like house? wood burning the crown molding around <laughs> right. your house all and the, the front door. Are, yeah, all the baseboards. They have poetry on them, and you know, no. Okay, so I've got this apparatus all right, we start, and a wooden spoon, and I feel like, I don't know where to start. Start with an idea. Okay. And a pencil. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have oh, a pencil, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can do something as simple as your initials or like oh, your sure. your last name initial on the back of the spoon and then swirly embellishments if you feel like it. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to do one too. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I think when you're doing something creative like this, there is this, and I don't know where it comes from because I do other creative things, there is this like hesitancy of like messing up. Yes. When there's no pattern, you're just doing your thing. And, and yeah. just that hesitancy is like a real... Well, and I sometimes I feel like I'm totally guilty of this where I feel like to make my artistic time worthwhile, I have to monetize it. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, but you do so many different time. kinds of artistic projects that could make money. So you're always... I don't know, you got a hustler's brain, too. Part of it, yes. Like, I do, I enjoy working. And, you know, when we were sick during the year, 
it was days upon days of not doing anything creative. Mm -hmm. And as we're recovering from it and the house is a mess, et cetera, I found myself neglecting the things that I knew I should do, like clean up. Like I'm so behind on laundry, but my day will be much better if I just sit and do something fun. Mm-hmm. For a minute, you know, yeah. and it can be as simple as like, you know, doing a little thing like this or finishing something up or looking on Pinterest for a minute and getting inspired. Like even that kind of triggers that creative mm-hmm. part of my brain of mm-hmm. like, oh, I could do this. And you're looking at that idea. And if I tweaked it this way, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think all that's a valid way of like stimulating that creative part in your mind, even if you don't have time to sit down and do something. There is a nice side effect of wood burning. Yeah. It smells like a campfire. Oh. <laughs> And so you feel like s'mores or something now. (laughs) You feel like the elements. You're like right, right. Like (laughs) really connecting with nature. That's right. Creativity is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is my dilemma in my brain. I'm like, I gotta get out the stuff, and it's the stuff. And I have a whole thing about being like orderly. And then when you're done, you clean up the stuff, and then you move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And then when you do the next thing like cooking or something, which is creative, then when you're done, you clean it up and then you go on to the next, you know what I mean? Yes. And so sometimes I just, especially like when I come home from work or I've been with the kids and stuff like that and taking care of business, like I call it the business of the day, mm-hmm. I think, oh, then I got to go get the stuff. And especially with the things that I like yes. to do, like painting, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you have to get out. And, it and I can't just leave it out because like, what if it gets knocked out? It's, uh-huh. it's not even just like a pride thing of like, oh, I just want everything to look orderly. It's also a mess thing of, mm-hmm. well, if the dog knocks this over or da-da-da-da. A kid know. touches it. Yeah. I struggle with that. And, and it, it's a brain thing, too. Like, I have ADD. And mm-hmm. so I have problems with out of sight, out of mind. Oh. And so if I sometimes put away a project, mm-hmm. I will forget about it. And, it, and, and oh. the project will just stop where it is. And my house is literally full of exactly that. I guess you have to sort of set yourself up for success. And there are definitely things that I could learn from you to be more creative, for sure. Okay, so I like word burning. I thought it was going to be, because I'm good at, like I have good handwriting. I thought I would be good at word burning. It's a different skill set. How so? What are you finding here? You know, the tools are so different. And um, there's a lot of like fast brush strokes, like with handwriting. Mm, Yeah. and, and writing, and you have to be slow and patient with wood burning. This it, is slow. Yeah. Are you going to take up wood burning? Can I expect some Don't wood expect burned? anything. That's the first rule of being Spoons. my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so will I do this again, this wood burning? I have to say that I am really drawn to certain like art supplies. So the idea of going out and getting a wood burning tool and all of the blank wooden, you know, items that I could burn is very appealing to me because I love art supplies. But something did happen that surprised me immediately after that. In the next week or so, I found myself looking at my canvas that is all penciled up but not painted in my bedroom, just staring at me. Carrie and I had talked just a little bit about how problematic some hobbies can be because there's so many messy (laughs) items to it that sort of prohibit you from getting it. And somehow doing that exercise with wood burning and learning a new skill and how difficult it was to press down and have too much pressure reminded me of how much I love painting. 
and how I'm so drawn to that. So interestingly enough, doing that wood burning actually got me to paint again. So trying something new really helped me be more creative in other parts of my life. when people talk about creative outlets, they list the same kind of hobbies, right? Like painting or singing or dancing. And so, Casey, I wanted to have a conversation with you because you have non-traditional creative outlets. So tell me a little bit about them. That's true. You don't have to be into a bona fide, bona fide (laughs) craft or talent or hobby. You can just do whatever. For me, it's playlists or whatever. Well, t- uh, talk a little bit more about your playlists because I've never met anyone who's better at playlists Thank than you. Thank you. I just like to make playlists, and they are quite perfect. With <laughs> 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 well, the, the theme or a tone. Anyway, it, it's not hard, and anyone can do it. And so, and not I anyone do, can and put I like together. They're not as good That's as mine. That's not true. I was going to say. But in terms of barrier to entry, it, it, sure. it is possible for anyone to do it. And the thing about hobbies is that we need to expand our idea of them, if we want them to bring us pleasure, right? And the reason to do a hobby or have a craft or something, a creative outlet, is so you're not, like, bored and depressed. Yeah. Because <laughs> life mean, have can, you... is horrible. Right. <laughs> so these are, these are ways to make your life better, to have fun things. And so you might be discouraged if you're someone like me and you cannot paint. You can paint, so that's an awesome hobby for you. Let's distinguish between talent and just a creative outlet. Oh, okay. You, you don't necessarily have to be that good at it for it to bring you pleasure and for it to exist in modern society as a life-enhancing thing. Right. Don't you think that we've gotten so weird about specializing in everything yes. or making money off of our exactly. creative outlets that it's kind of ruined the whole purpose of them? And making money off of them is what ruins them. And I think it's because we were like raised by people who were raised by people who lived in the Depression. And it's just taken so long for this frugality <laughs> mindset so that everything you do, ways that you spend your time, if it's going to be away from your family or not a job, then it has to make money or be of value. It can't just be something you do for fun yeah. because it brings you joy. And so this is, you know, I, I went through all this for the, for the mommy blogging. And some of us in our era did this where we just were writing blogs. Writing was really fun and it created this whole community, gave us some of our best friends was a creative outlet, way to get feedback and reach out. And then it had to be monetized. And then you Mm -hmm. had to be making money off of it. And why are you even doing this if you're not making money? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then it ruined it. Well, and then it created influencers. Influencers. And it, and it, and it didn't become about writing anymore. It didn't become yeah. about creative writing, which honestly, that's what it was about. Mommy blogging started, and I hate that term, by the way. Let's uh, take it back. Let's take it back. Writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> writing personal essays mm-hmm. used to be really fun in the 90s. Yeah. And it was creative writing. Exactly. Yeah, and it was such a fun platform, you know, to use technology to have, oh, I can write this. And even though I have little babies and can't go anywhere, all my friends can read it and we can be in touch and we can comment. You know, it was really the heyday. It was of fun. The social media was fun and good. And you could just complain about how hard it is to be a mom. And you'd have like a million people on there. And then once at a blue moon, you'd meet in real life. And it was so fun. But then, yes. And what happened when we were monetizing and all this stuff, then it became not in every case, but in many cases, disingenuous because, oh, this is a sponsored post. And I'm doing this just so I can write a blog about it. I actually mm-hmm. felt myself doing this. Like, well, I, I, I can blog about this. This will be so outrageous or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of ruined it. 
But if it never has to be monetized, it's the same with any, like, crap. Like, even you with your painting, where you're, like, good artist. I just like it. I'm you not like really doing great, it, but and I don't even if, have my own style, but I don't like, care. Well, you do. You are the you have the ability to copy any style, which is amazing, but you also have your own style. I feel like that tree I don't you know, painted is, my, is your own style. Oh, but anyway, if you all of a sudden had to become concerned with marketing your art or like find, you know, I mean, that would be, that's not that fun. That's a whole thing. That's a whole different, that's But some of career. us feel guilty if we don't add that part to it. So not just not making money, but also you could also be bad at something and just do it. I, I mean, we talk so much about self-care and it's like face masks and things, which I'm all for. But also, I think self-care could just be like get into crocheting for a month, maybe never learn. (laughs) But you love to buy yarn, and it's fun to sit there and do it while you watch TV. And that's probably okay. You may never—I mean, it's great if you achieve expertise or if you discover a talent. That's super fun. Mm -hmm. But it could also be that you never do. And that's okay because I think what we're doing—we're not talking about how to like have a side hustle and make money. That's a different podcast. That's a different— But if it's just doing it as a creative outlet, it doesn't ever necessarily have to go to its fruition of expertise. It probably will. You'll probably get better at it, but you might never. Yeah, just by doing it. And you may, you have to, you probably will never make money at it. We don't have to think of it that way. And that frees you up then because, like, I will spend a whole day, many days, <laughs> yeah. just making a playlist just for myself that has such a gift it's no has no value like you can't sell it it's not like i'm honing a craft that is valuable in any other way dragging songs into a playlist but it's not just dragging and, and songs this it's just creation it, it is and it's but i have felt guilty about the amount of time i spend on them okay so this is but, an interesting point i think that a lot of us do push them to the side doing either discovering a new creative outlet or spending time on one because of the time factor. We feel like, how much time is appropriate to really spend on this? How do you justify the time when you're doing something creative? I think, and this has been a blessing from COVID because the past two years where we've been less out and like more dealing with boredom, I mean, this whole thing with people getting into sourdough, like this is a perfect example of it, is we had the freedom to do this and to let it be divorced from Mm money-making or expertise, or I'm never going to, this is never going to end up at a craft fair or something like that. I'm never (laughs) going to market this. That kind of let us let go and let us realize, and this helped me realize too, like, I'm just doing this for fun. And that's okay. Some people do marathons now. Those have a side effect of they're good for you to exercise. But marathons are actually bad for your body. I will make that. Right. And again, that's another show. That's another show. (laughs) But, you know, like you would feel so time at the gym, time menu planning, time playing with your kids. I mean, those are all good things. But sometimes you're just killing time and trying to cheer yourself up because we were living in a global pandemic and everyone has anxiety and depression. So if Spending a little time doing some dumb, totally pointless hobby makes you happy. Think of it as self-care. And I think we can expand it to be self-care too. Have you always felt this way about creative outlets? Did you have to sort of like learn this the hard way? No, I had to get there because I always felt like it had to be, eventually had to make money. So what was the turning point for you? No, it's weird because I think a lot of people can relate to that. Here's what it was. This is sad. (laughs) Sad. But going back to blogging and mm-hmm. writing, and I love to write, and you're always so encouraging of my you're writing. You're a really great writer. Thank you. You really are. 
And having all these ideas and getting approached about writing a book, this was years ago, but, and writing a book proposal and having it be, I thought, awesome and all these really fun, good ideas of things I wanted to write about, kind of a parenting book. And then having them come back to me and say, this is great, we love it. You just have to have more of a platform. You have to be able to market this. That was actually part of authorship. It is part of authorship now. But right? you had to have more followers What I had on to bring media. to the table was that I had to have more followers and I had oh. to have a way, a platform, which like, I get it. That's just how it works, right? And and in some ways, because there are fewer barriers to entry and everyone's their own publisher, I mean, I can blog or I can upload something to Amazon. Like, I can do it without a publisher if I want to, right? Mm -hmm. I was waiting for my writing to be validated by getting a publisher. Yeah. This old kind of OG way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And then when the publisher validated it in terms of its quality, but still wasn't going to publish it (laughs) because I didn't bring the marketing piece, Uh I was like... That stinks. I'm never going to have a marketing piece. That's not my thing. I don't do that. And then I was like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to do things I like for fun. And I think the same thing has happened in music, where like having a label used to really mean something. But now... It's totally different, right? Because you can just be in your bedroom recording songs and you can upload them to Spotify or whatever. And so having that middleman go away, like it's not like I've... And then I gained success and just uploaded all my... (laughs) Like it didn't affect me in that way, although it has affected a lot of artists in that way. For me, it just let it be separate from... This isn't a money-making thing. This is just something that brings me joy, which I think is where you are with painting. And have you always been like that with... Painting, or did you used to yeah, think you needed no, to sell I it? No, I used to always think, okay, so I need to develop it, and then how would I market it, and what's exactly. really hot right now? And then I think, I don't then care it ruins about it. That. Then it's like that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, and now it's just to relax. And what about your welding? Well, I haven't started welding, but I just talk about it. Which but is almost when you just came to your fun. welding idea, I feel like you were a fully fledged at that point. You never thought you were going to sell it. You at no. that point knew, I am doing this just yeah. for fun as a creative outlet because it makes me feel good and helps me deal. I think the older that I get, the mm-hmm. more I realize the value of just being creative. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds really hokey, but I really believe that anything can be creative mm-hmm. with the right mindset. Yeah. I remember like being really overwhelmed with housework when my kids were little because the house was never clean and you know I'm mm-hmm. kind of a clean freak and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I just make dinner and I clean up and this is just just horrible." But I read a book Simple Abundance, Mm -hmm. and it was just this poetry and these personal essays and poetry about the art of keeping house, and it totally changed the way that I saw it and the way that I thought about it and how it could be sort of a meditative kind of creative pursuit. And listen, I'm not trying to say that every time I, you know, scrub the toilet, I'm meditating and it's a beautiful art form. Mm -hmm. Some things you just get done, but it did change the way that I saw maybe like chopping vegetables yeah. or preparing a meal or decorating or, you know, that those kinds of things. So I did have a mindset of that, but it took a while to get out of that. You know, instead of saying, oh, I don't have any time to sit and mm-hmm. paint or I don't have any time to sit and be creative. It was, no, you have an opportunity to be creative on how you live your life. Yeah. In this How you realm, show up to the world. This is how I, yeah. And what I wear or what I read to my kids or how I, what I put on the walls. I mean, that's mm-hmm. always fun for you and for us to talk about. This is my palette, 
And it's kind of a Zen. I mean, I think this might be like a Buddhist thing. I don't know. But just to w- whatever you're doing to let that be, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I mean by expanding your view of it can be a drag to just be doing the same thing over and over again. But if you expand it and like you like cleaning, <laughs> right? Like this is rare. Not everyone does. I know. But you kind of like it. Like I like doing laundry. Right, which I don't. So, and I like the smells, and I, I like mm-hmm. the routine of it. And so, if you just change your mindset, because you have no choice anyway, <laughs> so why not? <laughs> May as well. <laughs> can be this awful drag, or you can let it be, you know, something more meaningful. Have you ever tried to do something creative, and you were like, oops, just kidding, that one's not for me? Oh, yeah. In fact, most things are like that for me, because I'm very bad at most crafts. Oh. And so then it's awful. You know, like anything with like small like beadwork or yeah. something. Or I, I just don't have a lot of and it's fine because I have other things that I'm good at, but I just I'm not quote unquote artistic. I can't do those things or make jewelry or little fine work. Intricate with, lace intricate, work. Is that what <laughs> int- I can't tat. <laughs> that would be stressful for me. I don't want to. It's fine. But you don't um, have to. It, and it's actually like not fun. It's stressful. Yeah. I, like, I mm-hmm. hate this. This is awful. This is a horrible way to spend time. I would rather do laundry. So, yeah, isn't like not every craft is like fun to do. You kind of have to find your thing, but you got to give yourself permission yeah. to try things. And then again, you sometimes think, ugh, I bought all this yarn. I guess I got to make a sweater. How about not? Yeah. You know what? Just <laughs> put it in a bag and donate it. <laughs> Yeah. Let somebody else find that treasure. And it can be a treasure for someone else. We just, life is too short if you like it. I mean, if you're going to go make money off your art, that's great. Again, different podcast. But just in terms of trying to make life more livable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just try things, do things. Don't feel guilty about how you spend your time unless it's plotting murders or something like that. Unless it's something damaging for society, which it's probably not going to be. Who has the energy? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Okay, so I want you to list all of the creative things that you do in a day. Okay. Planning my outfit. (laughs) I love it. It's not vanity or materialism. It's, I gotta get dressed anyway, so... Color, texture, it's creative. It's fun. Uh, How the house is set up. I'm not super good at interior design, but I do like how it looks and I kind of have a vision. Um, I want to say planning meals and making them, but I don't do that. I wish I did that <laughs> Aspirational better. creativity. Aspirational. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. Get, I could get there. Mm-hmm. But um, my planner, which is right here. Oh, yeah. You love your planner. My post-it notes, my to-do list, checking them off, all of that. That's creative. My playlists, obviously. Um, what I choose to like listening to podcasts mm-hmm. the things I learn about you know um, that's kind of creative the, oh, yeah. the things I choose to like <laughs> maybe I'm just so generous to myself I don't create art or make anything of value but <laughs> I consider the way I consume it <laughs> I my it talent yes you're cultivating yeah, an environment cultivating, for your Which, senses. by the way, and it's not just me. If you have kids or family, you know, the, all of the stuff that I'm doing, the books I choose for our library, the shows I choose to lay in bed and binge watch, I'm actually setting a tone for our home and creating the tastes of my children. It's true. And, 
I'm showing what I value and blah, blah, blah. So just all of that, like I said, maybe I'm being too generous, but I mean, I can either feel bad about it or like enjoy it. What am I going to watch next? I'm kind of on this arc. I'm kind of into documentaries. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. Like, why not? Make it fun. That's a creative outlet. Also, speaking of shows I like to watch, I found a show called, I was going to recommend it to you. Oh, you are going to love it. It's called Becoming You, and it's mostly about child development. Oh, uh uh-huh. Olivia Coleman, who we love. She narrates it. Anyway, you should watch it. Um, I'll totally watch it. But it was talking about a really common phase for kids is like an obsessive passion. And we all do this. And you know it's dinosaurs or it's whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a part of your child development to go through this intense obsession, intense interest, dolls or, you know, I mean, it's so fun to think about, like, you know, Miles and some of the ones that he had. And in this, the psychology. Yeah, my son Miles was obsessed with um, the solar system. Yeah, the solar, so cute. planets. It was so darling. And it's so fun or kids are really into dump trucks or whatever. Anyway, you can think back about what your kids were into mm -hmm. and remembering that intense time for my son was Blue's Clues. Yes. But then the, you know, and psychologists say, or, or maybe singing or whatever, this almost never affects, and we know because we've got grown-up kids, yeah. what your job is going to be when you grow up. Yeah. Success or um, occupation I or, or sure anything. Miles I, I know we all an astronomer. I know, I, and, or an astronaut, we always used to think. And yeah. Couldn't be further from and and sometimes uh, it does, but like there's this cute little boy. He's like four, and he's really into cameras and taking pictures. And his photography is so adorable and and good. But anyway, and you think, oh, he's probably going to be a genius and become a a photographer. But it was making the point like most of these kids do not ever do what their intense interest is. It's not the point. It's it's a developmental stage. Huh. And so I was kind of thinking, like for us as adults, we can still have these intense interests and think of it as a developmental stage and maybe never do anything with it. And it still has value. I love that. It takes the pressure off. Yeah, totally. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show was produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden, with help from Maggie Faulkner and Tabby Freitas. If you want to continue the conversations we started, please join our group on Facebook called The Lisa Show Listener Community. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Next week on the show, we're learning to take a break when life is overwhelming. Meditation ultimately is who we are at the deepest level. Every single moment of life is the deepest meditation. And when we're fully open and present to it, uh, life feels very different. That's next week on The Lisa Show. 